Hey there, I want to take a quick second to thank you for listening to the Focus Point Podcast. I hope that you find a blessing and encouragement through this episode. I hope that you'll share the episode with your family and your friends. If this is one of your first times catching us, or if you want to find out more about us, or if you want to listen to other episodes, please visit thepointoffocus.com, and there you will find our podcast archive as well as more information. Once again, that's thepointoffocus.com, and once again, I thank you for listening to this episode. Well, go ahead and grab a copy of the Bible, whether it's paper or electronic. Go ahead and get it opened to Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39 is where we're going to be today. And I've got a a special uh, thing that God has laid on my heart that um, I believe now is the appropriate time to share. And I wrestled a little bit with it because we're in this series, Journey to the Promised Land, and I'm not really quite sure how it fits in. And so it's kind of like it doesn't fit in, so we're just going to kind of do a special episode away from... uh, the Journey to the Promised Land series, but it still kind of goes with our word of the year. So it's kind of like a mixed bag that I'm feeling right now. Uh, But we will return to the Journey to the Promised Land series in the next episode as we continue going through uh, the first six books of the Old Testament in that series. So where we've been, if you're a little newer to the the podcast here, if this is your very first episode, Uh, We've been in, um, as I've said before, a series called Journey to the Promised Land, and it's been a year-long series, and throughout that series, we've done little mini-series with throughout the different uh, first six books of the Old Testament. So in Genesis, uh, we had a series on Genesis, and we did a couple series within that series on Genesis, and now we've just concluded our series in the book of Exodus. And uh, last week was a barn burner, as um, that was one of the longest episodes that we've produced here uh, on this podcast. So we had a lot to cover. We covered a lot of ground. Um, And as I said last week, if um, there was a lot that we covered, so I would encourage you to read um, Exodus 16 through 40 and just kind of see for yourself um, some of the content. But we really kind of zoomed in on what I felt God was um, having us look at as we continue on with our focus on um, this idea of journey and this idea of faith and the overall big idea of that series. And so I I, I say that because um, this is a little bit different, okay? And I'm going to share a story. It actually came from my vacation that I took about a month ago. Um, and so I'm excited to share this this with you. But as, as as I prepared to go on a vacation, so about a month ago, I went on a vacation to Myrtle Beach. And it was the first time that I'd been to the ocean in a while. Uh, my four kids, it's been a while. Uh, I don't think they've ever been to the ocean. And so it was kind of like a first time for them. And they were surprised by the saltiness of the water and the like the just the different kind of texture not texture but like the waves come in and like it's a little bit different than um than a lake like they're used to and so uh we we had we had fun there but a couple years ago i shared a right on this podcast the episode is called six rocks um and i shared in that a moment that i had with god while we were on vacation in Mackinac island so you can go check that out it's back from uh 2021 um yeah because we didn't go anywhere in 2020 so 2021 sorry i was trying to kind of pinpoint where that was 
Anyway, and I shared in that episode, like I said, it's called Six Rocks. It's in our archive. You can go back and look at it. Um, but I shared a similar kind of story. And this um, is no different, except this one was a little bit different. When we were in Mackinac Island, and I'm not going to share too much of it because I encourage you to go uh, listen to it so you can get the full idea. But as um, we were in Mackinac and we were biking around the island, uh, we stopped and we were kind of playing with these big rocks. We were um, kind of stopping for a break and we uh, saw other people had kind of stacked these big rocks. And so we were just kind of messing around and... I stacked mine, and God gave me uh, just a thought there, and I was reminded of something. I was reminded of Joshua chapter four uh, in that moment, and in Joshua four, like they build an an altar of twelve stones to God because He helped them cross the Jordan River, and it's a reminder of how they crossed the Red Sea. And we'll talk more about that um, also, too, as we revisit Joshua chapter 4 in the coming uh, weeks as we continue on in the Journey to the Promised Land series. And so um, we, so, so that was that kind of how that came up. But this one was different, like I said. So this year, God gave me something different. He, he gave me the word ocean. And I was kind of like, okay, we, yeah, I'm going to the ocean, but I don't know exactly what that means, why why ocean is what you want me to think about. Um, but in reality, it was God putting um, like glasses on, putting like a lens on, right? And a little bit of a rabbit trail here, but when we, we, we view situations or circumstances, right, through a certain kind of lens we see them through that lens. I've used this illustration before, um, and we, we haven't really talked about it yet, but it's, it's kind of when we um, think about what Jesus did. Okay, We've kind of talked about that um, when God came down to Mount Sinai, the people of Israel couldn't touch it, get close to it. Um, even when Moses was in the, God was in the burning bush and Moses couldn't come any closer. It, it's this idea that we can't be in the presence of God because he's holy and we are, are broken and um, sinful and incomplete and sin can't be in his presence. That's why he kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden. So what, what happens is, is Jesus died on the cross for us and he was that payment for sin. That's why the veil tore in the, in the temple because now we can be in the presence of God through Jesus and God looks at us through the lens of Jesus and what Jesus did. So how we look at stuff is very important. Okay, Just like um, I've said it before with the Bible, we can, with a certain lens on, like whatever season of life we're in, whether we're uh, whether we read a passage when we were 10, then we read it again when we were 20, we read it again when we were, wh- whatever season of life we're in, whatever lens is on is how we're going to view that text. That's what I believe about the Bible, that it's alive and it's active. And there are people that, you know, you got to get the context and you got to like all of this stuff. And it's like, no, if God, if God's word says that it's alive and it's active and it's God breathed and it's useful correction for teaching, for training and all of that. And it's meant to pierce us and it's meant to, to correct and it's meant to do all of that stuff. Then it's meant to talk to us where we're at. Some of us aren't at a scholarly level to understand the Bible. I know I'm not. And there are pastors on this planet that aren't. And there are pastors on this planet that have studied the Bible and have forgotten what they've studied because now it's viewed in a different way. Because how we view the Bible is 
through this lens of what we're experiencing or what God is having us focused on. Like I found stuff in Genesis and Exodus as we've been talking about that this year that I didn't discover before because I put this lens on of journey and this idea of faith and now we're kind of seeing these things pop up. So um, God, using that same kind of thought, God had me put on the lens of ocean. And I thought about it and I thought about it. I thought about what I might see while we were there. And, and so, and so we get there, we get there the night before and we were supposed to go to the beach. Um, but due to the, the long car ride and, um, some of the situations with my wife's health, uh, we were unable to go, um, in the evening time for like a sunset kind of thing. And so we, uh, went the next day and, you know, you, you want just like any kind of beach or any kind of, um, waterfront, whether it's a lake or what you, you kind of sometimes go up a hill, if you will. And, you know, or maybe like up a dock or kind of like, you kind of have to walk up and over some kind of thing, the, the dune part. And when you, when, when you get up there, like you step up there and with the lake, like you can see, um, see some different, you can kind of see it feels different, but when you step up over that and you see this, this ocean, it's so much bigger and, and vast and it's just you know that that ocean there, there there's a great distance between where we were and the next body of land right there, there's a, a much greater distance and so I you know I walk over there and I see that you know and I've been to the ocean before but it's been a while and to the to the normal like view, it doesn't look any different than like a lake, like one of the great lakes or any other, you know, it doesn't look like that. And so I get up there though. And what God gave me was Romans chapter eight. And he's like ocean. And I'm, I'm looking at it through this lens. And as I'm kind of sitting there, you know, the kids are kind of out a little farther, getting knocked down and beat up by the waves that are come crashing in. And every once in a while where I was sitting, you kind of get engulfed by the waves, uh, because it kind of, the switch it you know washes you up and sand and goes up your swim trunks and all of that stuff like that um, which is an experience I remembered from my previous time at the beach but I'm sitting there and I'm just kind of watching them all play in the water and look for uh, seashells and rocks and all the stuff that you do do at the beach and I'm sitting there and it's like um, what I've already told you it's like this ocean and you can make an argument for this I was like, this body of water that my feet are in on this beach, on this coast, this doesn't end. And I know we can make an argument about it and we can, we can say that the, but the oceans of this, of earth never end. They feed into each other and we call them different things and we've, and we've segmented them like we do our continents and stuff like that. Um, uh, kind of like North America, for example, like it's segmented into um, but eventually it does end, but you get, it's kind of like a similar thing. Like we've made it the Indian ocean and the Arctic ocean and the Pacific ocean and the Atlantic ocean and these different, like we've, we've named them different things, but it's entirety is one body of water and it's endless. And that's when I thought of this, of this passage in Romans chapter eight. And so we're going to read that, um, Right now, now Romans chapter eight, it starts off in verse one. It starts off. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong 
to Christ Jesus. That's like, we could talk about this, the one book, we could talk about it for probably a couple months. Just this one chapter of Romans. Uh, but we get down to the, uh, toward the end here. And uh, verse 31, it says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can be against us? Since he did not even spare his own son, but he gave him up for us all, won't he give up? Won't, sorry, won't he also give us everything else? This is what we've been talking about. This this entire series, Journey to the Promised Land, we've been talking about how God's got a plan for us and how God wants nothing but good for us, and He wants us to have life to the full, as Jesus later interprets it, and um, like He gives us what we need. He provides for us, and we, as we've seen throughout this this series, when we've seen the Israelites, they needed food, and he gave them quail and manna, and then he gave them water from a rock. It may not have been what they wanted, but it was what they needed. Who uh, Then verse 33, it says, who dare accuse us, I'm sorry, who dare accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us the right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us no one for christ jesus died for us and was raised to life for us and is sitting at a place of honor at god's right hand pleading for us and so that goes back to what i said god has the jesus goggles on and he sees us through the the blood-stained sacrifice of jesus that is how he views us. And because of that, the payment for sin is taken care of. And we are able to approach God through that, through that um, atonement of Jesus. And that's how God looks at us. That's how God sees us. And then this is where, this is what God kind of laid on my, on my heart was as I was sitting there and I was looking at this, this endless ocean. And it says, verse 35, it says, Can anything separate us from Christ's love? Does it, mean he, uh, does it mean he no longer loves us when we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or are hungry or uh, destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Uh, and that's cross-referencing a verse in Psalms back, you know, in David and the other psalmists that wrote in those in those books. And then it goes on, no, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ Jesus who loved us. Verse 38, and I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life nor angels nor demons, neither the Neither our fears for today or our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. And I, I, I sit here and I read that. And I'm sitting at the ocean and this was the first thing that comes to mind was the word, as I said, endless. This ocean is endless, and so is God's love for us. And it says right there, a lot of things that we've already talked about, and I couldn't have done this on my own. Like It's, it's fitting that this is here, 
that God said, go ahead and put it here. As I said, I struggled with a, a, a place to put this within our current series or within what we're kind of talking about over this year. And as I'm sitting here, like this was the right time. As I'm reading this again and seeing that it talks about God's being a provider for us. God cares for us. Have faith in all the things that we've been talking about. So I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking about this verse and the, those verses. And like I said, as I read them, like more comes out. And as I'm sitting there, so I'm thinking about it. This is, this is endless, right? This ocean it goes on and on and on. Um, there's no stopping it. And well, except when it hits land, you know, those typical things. But it's, it's endless. It's a continuous body of water except where land is. And so I, so I thought about that, and I'm th also thinking, it's like, well, this, this ocean also is um, not only endless, but it's also wild, okay? As I'm sitting there, if I got two, two, um, two words there, so we've got endless and we've got wild. And what I mean by wild is like, like those waves crashing in, they are um, very very rough as they come in like they they hit you with some hit you with some force right like you standing up there like it's knocking the kids over um it sometimes comes way up over you and you're standing like where it's like only to like your waist even but it like comes over the top of you it, it's wild and I once again thought about God's love and God's love is wild it, it's wild that um we can't it's wild that we we should even think about it like that. Like the undeservedness of God's love for us is crazy because it says, and this is why it's wild. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ... He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. So we were, we've already kind of just, we've already kind of talked about that. And when I'm when I'm sitting there thinking about that, it's wild that people that are undeserved, all of us, we are undeserved of that kind of sacrifice. But it says right here that because God loves us, just like John three sixteen says, for God so loved the world that He sent His one and only Son. And the whole whole thing is, is is just God's love for us is wild. So God's love is endless and it's wild. And it's also deep. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this body of water. And I and I know there's a floor. Okay, so God's love is endless. But I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this ocean. And I'm thinking about the depths of this ocean and how deep it is and that God's love for us is is that deep but because God's love is endless for us it's not it doesn't have a bottom like eventually you go down far enough and you hit a, some kind of bottom whether it's the Mariana Trench that keeps going and going and going it seems like for like ever or whatever but the whole thing is is that eventually you hit some sort of end right to this to this body of water and God's love doesn't end but God's love is deep 
And it kind of shows in that verse that we just read that um, that he sent Jesus for us. John 3, 16, that, that God loved the world so much. That's a deep kind of love. And he still has that love for us. And some people will say, oh, that's all oh, this stuff. No, no, God is a relational God. God is a loving God. And you don't have to look very far to see that, that he would send Jesus to die on a cross for all of these people that don't deserve it. And it's taken me a while to actually be able to say the words that I just said, that we don't deserve it. But it's so true that we don't. We haven't done anything to deserve the sacrifice of Jesus. And so as I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about all of that, and I want to encourage you that God's love is for you, that God's love is endless, that God's love is wild, and that God's love is deep. And I pray right now that if you haven't experienced the love of God, that if you don't know the love of God, that it's clear in Scripture one of the ways that we can we can know the love of God and that we can invite that into our life is by simply confessing that. It says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. And what it is, is God's love, God's love, God's gift of salvation, God's gift of Jesus is exactly what it is. It's a gift. And just like any gift, we have to accept that. And so it's right here. And it's, it's simple and it's easy. And I know sometimes church a church has made it, or even even religion has made it so complicated about how the how this 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 um, process goes, and really the scripture has laid it out for us that at the beginning there's this very first thing, and I think because some people are like we're way ahead of the game, but in reality this is simple from the first point from what we say at the very beginning when we decide that we want to come to Jesus, all it takes is just this, and then the rest gets straightened out as you journey with Jesus. Romans 10, 9 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God and openly declaring your faith that you are saved. And scripture tells us anyone who trusts in the name, trust in him will never be disgraced. Jew or Gentile are the same in this respect. They say they have the same Lord who gives generously to us all, to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you're listening to this, whether it's your first time, whether it's not, maybe it's the first time you've ever heard that. But it's just that, it's that simple. It's it's declaring, it's admitting that we've messed up and that we have a need for a savior and that that Savior is rich in love and compassion and kindness. And that God is the same person. And God sent this sacrifice for us. And that God sent Jesus to, to show his, his vast, to, to show his endless, wild, and deep love for us. So it's that simple. So if you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to it, if you want to just repeat those verses with me, or just at least this this phrase with me, if you want to just say, "Hey, God, I know, I know I messed up. I know that you are Lord, 
And I know that you sent Jesus to die for me, to die for my sins, to take that payment. I know that you raised him from the dead. Please save my soul. Do you repeat that? And you, or you just pray these verses, or you just speak the verses, Romans 10, uh, 9 through 13. And the Bible says you will be saved. For anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So I, I hope that this encouraged you and blessed you. And maybe you're not ready for that moment right now, but I encourage you to keep it in your thought. Maybe you are, and I encourage you to rewind this episode and, and pray what I said. Pray those verses, Romans 10, 9 through 13, and God will save your life. And then you can sort out everything else. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be the, the best form of yourself. You don't have to have everything straightened out. You don't got to have all the paperwork in order. All you have to do is say what I said. All you have to do is say what it says in Romans and you will be saved. And then you and Jesus can sort out the rest. You and Jesus can go on a journey of life together and God and Jesus will help you figure out what's right and what's wrong, what needs to be changed, what needs to be corrected. So, so I pray that for you. And I pray that if you... And I, and I, Sorry, and I pray that if you pray that prayer, that you would find a local church to get into. Don't, don't do life alone. We talked about that last week. It's not good to do life alone. All the way back to the beginning of Genesis, it tells us that it's not good for us to do life alone. We need people around us. So plug into a local church. Keep listening to this podcast if you need to, but get into a local, um, a local church with actual people that can come and help you. And I encourage you to do that. So um, I hope that this blessed you, like I said. I hope that you'll take the time, if you didn't, and you feel still feel like God's calling you to do that, that you'll go back and you'll, you'll pray those verses or you'll listen to what I said and, and, and repeat it with me. And God will save you. God's here for us. God wants the best for us. So we continue the Journey to the Promised Land series next week. I hope that you'll be there. See you next time.